0: Is that a pair of the platypus behind you?
1: That is a pair of the platypus behind me.
0: That is That's, so uh... cute. <laughs> All um, right.
1: Welcome to the show, everybody. Welcome, welcome to the back. show. Um, oh, Anna, I forgot. I literally have it right here, but I forgot to tell you before in the pre-show. I have this voice box thingy okay. that I can like put harmonies, harmonies in my, in my voice. voice. No! So that I forgot I even owned it. I was going through my old like music supplies and I found this. It's, it's like a like a guitar pedal, and you can like plug in instruments and oh like, my god, like do some like Daft Punk voice shit. But it also does
0: harmonies. <laughs> so it, holy, sh- that almost like scared me. I, I almost like, jumped out of my seat a little bit. When your voice. Is the like problem
1: that. is I don't hear it. I don't have like a monitor in my. Oh headphones, my god! So when you listen, listen to this,
0: to, you're gonna, gonna. be funny. Yeah. or awful or both. both in the
1: comments, let us know, um, if you enjoyed that or not. Um, <laughs> um yeah. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Welcome. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: episode two,
1: episode two. Do we want to jump right into the movie or do you want to like open with a little bit of a, like, how was your week in the simulation?
0: So we are in the simulation. Um, okay. So <laughs> as I'm doing, so I do have something I want to share before we get into it. But so like the movie we're doing this weekend is the matrix. The first one that came out in 1999 and um, I was doing some research for the podcast. Right. And mm-hmm. um doing research for this one was really funny because every so often when you're like watching videos of Keanu Reeves, like hearing, you know, like trivia facts every so often you'll get someone who is talking about like, this is like a real glitch in the matrix or like, this is how to like, like, Transcend your mind out of the matrix. And so, like, I was listening to a podcast about this movie, and um, I come across this guy who is talking about the matrix. And I'm like, oh, that's cool because a lot of people talking about the matrix on podcasts are like nerdy white dudes who are like laughing about the movie. But this guy seems pretty legit. So I'm listening to him for a while and I'm like, "Mm, okay, whatever. So I go and look at the rest of his episodes and the top one is called title, my past life regression and UFO abduction hypothesis experience. Um, and then a couple below that is contacting. What is this on? Where did you,
1: is this like someone's weird blog? Like,
0: yes, it is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's like WordPress.
0: (laughs) I was like, I cannot be reading this. Um. How was was your week, though?
1: My week was uh, very uneventful. I think the most exciting part of my week was watching The Matrix. I guess my first impressions are like that I was absolutely blown away by how much I didn't remember and Mm -hmm. how much I didn't pay attention because it's Mm -hmm. so good. Like, so, so, so good. Um, But yeah, that's... um, So yeah, welcome to the episode two. First of all, it's, it's super exciting that we're up and running. We have a name, yes. the Cinema Scum Podcast. Welcome to the Cinema Scum Podcast. I guess we've never even said that name on air ever.
0: Ollie totally so, came up with it. Just for the record, that was all him. Um, there power. is
1: another podcast that seems to have a similar name, um, so we'll have to fight them
0: f- for Take it. Them now. Yes. Yeah,
1: I feel like we'll win, but anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. that's that's for when they big, get big enough that it's <laughs> <laughs> that it's a threat to our superiority but thank you already to all the engagement we've been getting so far podcasting has come such a long way like we can track everything everyone who watched our show we know who you are we know what country you live in yeah we know what device you watched us listen to us on
0: um Um, they have gender as well
1: gender yeah yeah
0: we know your gender
1: we know your gender um so yeah that's exciting (laughs) is that a podcast secret that like they're not supposed to know about that podcasters can track who they are. I didn't know that. I'm an avid podcast listener. I didn't know that I was being tracked this much.
0: I didn't know that either. I mean, it's big data. It's big. Spotify. It is big data.
1: I mean, that's how we make our big bucks. So yes, I guess I just reveal our trade secret. Anyway, welcome to the show. Cinema scum podcast episode two. Today mm. we're talking about the matrix. Welcome to the matrix. Um, <laughs> This this one's gonna be a little bit different. We've kind of played around with the formatting a little bit. Mm-hmm. Anna has ample amounts of trivia. I'm sure there's way more trivia than there is with the the last episode. Yes. Um. And then we also have some fan contributions that we're gonna get to a little bit later. So
0: amazing. Look
1: forward to that. Um, so Anna, do well, you want to kick us off with? Um, because you are the more experienced Matrix person. What your kind of like pitch to people when they've never seen The Matrix? What do you tell them to get them to watch The Matrix?
0: So, okay. I just want to say The Matrix. This movie is one of my favorite movies of all time. It hits like a lot of my check boxes when I'm looking for a good movie. Um, But I have only seen, I only saw it like for the first time a year ago. Um, So I I feel like a lot of people who are at least our age have seen it like a while ago. Um, so basically, and it's funny because on the IMDB page, it's like a beautiful woman tells Neo to like, you know, free his mind and stuff. And it's like, I think that's like the weirdest way to describe the movie. Um, so basically if I was going to tell someone to watch it, I would be like, okay, Keanu Reeves, who like this movie and him, like they couldn't exist independently without each other. I feel like, Mm -hmm. um, Keanu Reeves, is like a very cool action figure in, you know, a world where like computers are oppressing us and they're like fighting back and um, somehow there's Kung Fu in there. Um, And obviously Keanu Reeves, amazing. Carrie Ann Moss plays his like love interest, but she's also a very well-developed character in her own right. Trinity. Um, Trinity, Lawrence Fishburne, Amazing! Um, I was listening to an interview where he described Morpheus as uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader in one. Whoa, (laughs) Uh, that's crazy. Hugo Weaving is the infamous Agent Smith, who is such like an amazing villain. Um, And yeah, it's very 99. It's very steampunk. It's very kung fu movie. It's very um, like cyberpunk, I said steampunk, but like also some cyber, cyber goth. I don't know.
1: And, um, Joe, uh, Pantoliano who plays (gasps) the bad guy in, uh, the matrix and who plays Ralph Ralphie from the Sopranos. I don't know if you've gotten to that point in the Sopranos yet, but he's just yeah, the the betrayer, you know who I'm talking about? The guy who betrays. Yes, yeah, Cypher. He is the most despicable character of all time in The Sopranos. Like he is just an awesome villain.
0: It's not Tony's mom. I feel like Tony's he, mom is the worst. Tony's
1: mom, yeah, you, you got to keep watching cuz Tony's mom mm-hmm. is is the the woke, but uh, there are a lot of other wotes later on.
0: Sure. I am loving The Sopranos though so far.
1: Yeah. Um I was very surprised at at his uh his portrayal there but uh, so yeah so the matrix is um i could see now why i was supposed to study this in a philosophy class because it's all mm-hmm. about questioning your own sense of reality questioning uh it's it's, it's very existential for neo like I, th- I think the thing you kind of jumped over but that's a big plot in the early oh, yes. part of the I movie totally is, that, is that he's just like a programmer living his his like normal existence where he's extremely intelligent and then, and that it makes total sense that the only people who can really break through to the other side in this universe are like the ultra intelligent. Every character is super, super intelligent. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's what drives them to, to, to escape the, the, the cave, um, kind of.
0: Yes. Um, yeah, I totally skipped over this part in the I need to get so much better at summaries for movies because I.
1: Okay, that's what this podcast is for.
0: I tell people summaries that like don't make sense, but yeah. So basically, like, how does he meet Trinity? I feel like he's heard of Trinity from like a deep, a deep web, a dark web. She's like a hacker. Yeah. And they meet, and she's like, Morpheus wants to meet you, and he's like, Who's that? Um, and then we have the infamous, like he meets Morpheus's crew, which are like the black PVC costumes and sunglasses. And he offers the red pill versus blue pill to like mm-hmm. either break out of the Matrix or not. And basically it's the future where computers are growing human beings like livestock and harnessing their bioelectricity power and keeping us all like prisoners. But nobody knows it except Neo and his crew.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's implied but you don't in the first one you don't see the society that lives in the future. There is a they reference that there is a the last city on earth.
0: Zion which, uh, is really cool. So yeah, what,
1: Zion, yeah.
0: Ollie, where like what are your favorite things about The Matrix and what are some things you don't like?
1: Okay. So as a computer scientist by trade <laughs> and a and a computer enthusiast, I <laughs> So I respect so much, like how much um, they base themselves in technology, considering that they're not like, it's, it's very obvious that they're not from a plate writing from a place of technical literacy. Like they're not very knowledgeable on what computers do, but they were still very capable and very like, not afraid to. To play around with the ideas of technology and what it what it could mean in the future. And I think that w- one of the reasons that it's such a long-lasting film series and why it's still so, so relevant today is that a lot of the things that they talk about are things that we still, we mm. w- were about to live when the movie came out, but we are yeah. absolutely living in now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because it's been twenty. years. The metaverse years.
1: is here. Like we live in the metaverse. Yeah. and And I went to my friend's house the other day and I tried his Oculus for the first time. And then- question my own reality for a second i was like holy shit like yes you know it's it's a little different but at the same time like um for them to have in 1999 seen how um how much technology and computers were going to change our day-to-day realities um was way ahead of its time way way ahead of its time this was before the internet like this and i think that's one of the things that i didn't like, yeah. but I thought was really funny about the movie is how much of a role phones play in <laughs> yeah. the movie, because it makes total sense that back in the day when, when the only access you had to the internet was dial up, yeah. it makes total sense that you would think that phones would pay a, play a really big role in the connection of everything. So I think it's really funny that they have to find phone booths to be able to get out of the matrix, just like how that is that and that is real like the the way that your our telecommunications system is the infrastructure for the internet in the real world um so yeah that's i loved everything about it and i i can't wait to hear the 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 deeper layers of this because on a surface level i love it endlessly it's it's just yeah. so it's so playful too it, with the ideas that it has it doesn't just like have good ideas it has good ideas and it really Explores them like to a, yes. a, a large like it, it. It creates such a big world from such a simple story. If you think about it, the story is very short and and sweet. Mm-hmm. I've seen the other movies too, so I know how how big the world gets. But I forgot how much of the world is introduced in the first movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, is there anything? I mean, I think both of us are huge fans of this movie. But is there anything or things that you don't like?
1: um well I didn't like the like cheesy action stuff really yeah there's like one scene where he's like what do you need and Keanu Reeves goes guns lots of guns and I was just (laughs)
0: like
1: that was clearly for the trailer of this movie and that's it like that was that was not a there was a couple of scenes like that where it's just like gratuitous action but it makes yes. total sense like that that, that was what was going to draw people into this movie and I'm glad it did because like if that's what got you in the door what kept you in the movie was not the action sequences even though those are cool what kept you is like the amazing story that is in between those scenes
0: so this movie I think is so exceptional because it has a really dense thick plot with like compound philosophical Mm -hmm. ideas and it manages to pull it off really well and it delivers it to the audience in a way that is not dumbing it down but is also not confusing people yeah yeah I mean um I think also it really helps that what you said like they or like kind of what you said they get you in first before they try to like unload all this information so you know we don't go out of the matrix until what maybe like 35 minutes 40 minutes into the movie Mm -hmm. like and that's when there's kind of one long scene that explains everything when Morpheus and you see like this movie is really scary because you see like machines feeding off of people. Ew. Yeah,
1: it is really gross.
0: Um, but to your point about how it's like very layered. So I think we got feedback from a fan about how the Matrix is allegedly inspired by the allegory of the cave by Plato. Well, shout,
1: out, shout out to Colin Seltzer yes um, yes for for the the awesome tip um totally factual um that yeah this I and, I and i remember when i studied this in my philosophy class that was what was brought up was that this is like a a reimagining a 21st century industrialization take on plato's allegory of the cave which makes sense at a very service level but i think that uh there's a lot that this movie achieves that the Plato's cave for all its, you know, it's an old ass story about a very old <laughs> philosophical topic. That, yeah. you know, just just because something's existential in nature doesn't make it, uh, you know, immediately just a rip off of the cave. Like it, it does enough differently <laughs> that it's not just an allegory of the cave.
0: But not everything is about the cave.
1: No, no, not everything's about the cave.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I so I think are like undoubtedly the real kind of metaphor, the real allegory is like transgenderism and like trans experience. I don't know if you would agree.
1: So yeah, so uh, the, the trans representation in the film, I understand at a very, uh, at a very like surface level that a lot of the characters are portrayed with with not gender neutrality, in mind because not like, not all the characters are necessarily gender neutral but there is a uh deliberate representation of future humans and like these like who we who we are at the at in this world you know in the in the future where um it's very nihilistic like there's no hope for humanity in this future um and also that these these are highly intelligent humans that uh the idea of gender is kind of silly in the grand scheme of things. When, you're, when, you, when there are like aliens feeding off the energy of humans, the last thing you care about is societal representation. And um, there's, a, there's a specific, there's a lot of, like you were mentioning, there's a lot of like uh, philosophical snippets where they just have like yeah. exposition dialogue. And there's one when, they, when Neo is finally like brought back in to the matrix, mm-hmm. um, the simulation matrix, and uh, and he's being like explained what he's been living in this whole time. That 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 dialogue, that exposition about how you know all these people are our enemies because they live in this system that benefits them only to the degree that they you know believe it and that the only reason that they do anything in this in this in this existence is out of fear out of fear for authority out of fear for society because there's like a they don't know that they're being controlled by this over and so i thought that was a, that was the only point in the movie for me that it was obviously a commentary on gender because it was talking about what society wants you to be and and how society forces you into being things that you don't necessarily have to be
0: yes yeah I mean I love that like message I feel like also you know I love talking to people especially you about movies because everyone kind of gets a different message from movies mm-hmm. so I love that I love that this movie like says that to you you know like clearly speaks that to you
1: mm-hmm.
0: um and you're I mean you're so right about that and but obviously
1: I was looking for it though this time around
0: true so true. maybe
1: that's why you know Like I think the first time I watched it I didn't necessarily think about the gender paradigm of it I thought it was I was thinking more about like the the nihilistic the kind of self-worth the individual the the uh mm-hmm. feeling insignificant that like neo like you know is a is a really smart conniving criminal by night and a brilliant software developer by day. Like he's yep. extremely achieved. He's extremely smart. He's extremely like, uh, uh, extremely observant of the world he lives in and yet is still blind to the real existence, which is so cool to think about that. Even the, the smartest people have no idea what's, what's really going on. Um, so
0: in my research for this movie, did you, I mean, I'm, I'm saying like, did you know, I'd be like very surprised if you knew, but like, did you know that some communities of trans people have a term for people who are transgender but like haven't realized it yet or like haven't kind of come out to themselves no yet. i
1: didn't why well, I, I, that makes a lot of sense but i didn't know yeah. what the term i don't know what the term is for that now
0: well they call these people they, they call them an egg like these people are eggs ah. and so when i was looking into this topic about how it's like this movie is just one you know because we see like that kind of one-liner thrown out, like, yeah, this movie is just an allegory for being trans, I came across this article on Vox called How the Matrix Universalized a Trans Experience and Helped Me Accept My Own Mm. by the author is Emily Vanderwerf, and basically um, they talk about how so, okay, Lana and Lily Wachowski, writers and directors.
1: Right. We didn't even address that, but yeah, they (laughs) those were I don't even know their names when this movie was made, but it's the, in the, in the titles, it's, it's the Wyschowski brothers. They credit themselves as the brothers and yes. they are both trans women. Um, yes.
0: so Lana came out in 2010 and Lily in 2016. So this movie came out in 99. So it was, you know, there's a gap of time between that. Mm-hmm. Um, but just because the directors and writers and, you know, just creators.
1: Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's like, they were thinking about this when they were writing this movie, like,
0: However, um, so Lily Wachowski, when she was accepting award in 2016, like she was giving a speech and um, she said, quote, there's a critical eye being cast on Lana and I's work through the lens of our transness. This is a cool thing because it's an excellent reminder that art is never static. And while the ideas of identity and transformation are critical components in our work, the bedrock that all ideas rest upon is love, end quote which I thought was a sick quote.
1: That is a sick quote. Um,
0: yeah. And I think it's really interesting how, so also like we can talk about the idea of like doing a queer reading of something. So basically like looking at something and like challenging all the mm-hmm. norms about it or challenging the assumptions.
1: Wow, really putting your gender studies degree to the test.
0: So I did major <laughs> in gender studies. Um but basically, I mean, you can queer anything, which is kind of fun, you know, like it's basically like, I'm, watching. I'm, this...
1: yeah, I bet that, that it makes everything just a little bit more interesting for sure.
0: It's like watching The Sopranos and deciding that like, actually like Tony Soprano and his nephew Christopher are gay because, you know, oh, just you even... wait,
1: there are, there are <laughs> plenty of closeted gays in The Sopranos. Just wait. Really? Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. But it's very macho, so like they can't talk about it, and they have to hide who they are, and they'll get killed if they get exposed. So so keep watching
0: okay, that's very interesting, and I'm excited to watch that. Um, so something I thought was very interesting about this movie, like um, it so it can't be too overtly trans, right? Because this came out still twenty two years ago, and Hollywood yeah. obviously has an agenda like um the character switch. So, the chick that's in their crew with like the white blonde hair. Mm -hmm. She was actually supposed to be played by two androgynous actors. And in The Matrix, she would be portrayed by a female actor. But in like the real world, she would be portrayed by a male actor.
1: Whoa, cool.
0: But the studio cut this, they quote refined this character, um, which in defense, like it's obviously cheaper to pay just one actor.
1: Yeah, it could have been strictly capital. We don't know. But
0: Yeah. Um, but it's definitely like a metaphor for transness. I think I also have a quote where Lily Wachowski said in an inter- interview with The Hollywood Reporter that the film is a manifestation of, quote, bubbling, seething rage within me about my own oppression that I was forcing myself to remain in the closet, end quote.
1: Wow. When was that? When did she say that?
0: Um, I don't know. Like how
1: far after the-
0: I think, oh, it's right before, it was right before the second one was coming out, so. uh,
1: I feel like all of this just furthers the point about how this movie is just so imaginative and, like, a brilliant concept, brilliantly executed, because, yeah, none of this, I think, was intentional, and I think all of this, like... uh, all of this analysis, all of this, um, deconstruction only is possible because of where we are at in society. And this movie, like I said earlier is still, if, if anything more relevant now. So it only makes sense that this, all these topics are manifest in some form or another in this movie, because it was just so, uh, telling of, of the world we were, we were about to enter in the new In the new millennium. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, And also the film, you know, it's about finding your real body. It's about getting back Mm -hmm. into like your correct body. And and, like an
1: awakening.
0: So yeah, huge trans undertones. I think I read an article that called this movie uh, like the best art that trans people have ever made or something like really well powerful yeah the the most famous art ever made by trans people damn which is from that article I mentioned before
1: kind of going off the point you were saying about how uh you had mentioned identity earlier
0: yeah
1: um a a note I have here is the frequency and deliberate um flex that (laughs) the cinematography uses the use of 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 mirrors and glass lenses and reflections and people looking at themselves through the reflections there's a lot of scenes of like it's you are you're sitting in neo's perspective looking at himself through the reflection of uh morpheus's glasses or yes. neo neo's walking in the street and he see, he's like looking at all the like all the simulated people walking through the street and he just stops to look at himself in the reflection of a, of a window. And there's a lot of really well executed, um, like mind bending shots that are just, they make you question how they film that, um, and what kind of special effects they're using. But at the same time, there's this, it's very deliberate to the point where, you know, that there is more to these scenes. And I think that, uh, it's just a, another manifestation of what you were saying about how, like, this movie is about questioning identity, questioning your own existence, and what is more real than your ability to look at yourself, to see yourself, and and Huge. And, and, and and question, like, is this my is this my real body? Is this my real existence? Is this my real, um, like, like, yeah. It, it's the, it's the only time that you can perceive yourself is through seeing your own reflection. And so um, there's just an added emphasis on, on introspection and, and looking at yourself that they continue. It's like one of the most common things I notice in the movie is that this constant return to like reflection and and mirrors. And um, when he like leans in and the mirror grabs him because yes. he's left the matrix mm-hmm. and it's like, you're, you're, you're like at the point where he's so, um, he's, he's, he's never questioned his reality more is the moment where the, the, the re- the reflection of him sucks him in and, and, and it overcomes him. He gets coded in, in reflection because he literally in, in the, in the, the metal goop, the, the, the mirror goop, because the, like at that point, like what is real, there is no, there is no real him. Like, so, um. That was something really powerful that I thought uh, was really well executed. And I'm sure I saw the new one and that's, they definitely not do that a lot. Like the whole mirrors and reflections and cri- it's also just a huge cinematography flex, like the shots that they execute are um, very, very impressive. So.
0: I mean, they won. So they won four Oscar. like this movie won four Oscars and it's best film editing, best sound, best effects and effect. Okay. I'm. What I wrote this in the worst way. I didn't use any commas or like any punctuation, so it's just film editing best again and again. Um, <laughs> anyway, anyway. But what were you what you were saying before about how everything is fake. So this movie's, you know, it heavily relies on the idea of simulation, um, and it also heavily takes from. Um, kind of a, I guess we can call it a book um, called Simulacra and Simulation, uh, which is like a I
1: didn't know that
0: a political treatise tr- treatise um, by John Baudrillard. Um, All of all of our listeners who speak French are like screaming right now, listening to me trying to. <laughs> Um, okay, so basically, it was a book written in '81 that examines the relationship between reality, symbols, and society. Um, and the Wachowskis like drew upon this a lot to write the script. Um, it's actually an Easter egg in the movie. It's like when you're in Neo's apartment, or when Neo is in Neo's apartment. Um, you know, when this like the crew of people come to the door, and he's like, like crazy,
1: something. yeah.
0: Yeah, and uh, he takes his hiding place in his apartment for his like cash and his like huge floppy disks um, is a hollowed out book and this is the book.
1: Oh, it's that book. That's mm. so cool.
0: Um, So basically, so just to like very quickly break it down b- because I think this is very interesting. Um, Simulacra are like copies of real things that represent them to us. Um, and a bunch of Simulacra together um, over time creates a simulation because you're not really interacting with real things. You're interacting with, you know, their Things pictures. you believe
1: that are real, that replicate real life.
0: Yes. Um, so basically like, you know, a lot of, you know, multinational capitalism, urbanization, exchange value, all of these things have kind of made you know, the industrial revolution, which like, I feel like everyone blames the fall of humanity on the industrial revolution.
1: I mean, it is kind of their fault. Yeah. The machines kind of fucked everything up.
0: (laughs) Um, well, yeah, so all of these things made it so that we're living in a simulation because we don't really experience authentic, authentic parts of life. Like, let's say I never met you in real life. And like, we only did this podcast together. I would Never be experiencing the real you. I'm just experiencing right. like a simulacra.
1: Yeah, I I know what you're talking about. Um, I've I remember studying it in a class, and and the example that they use in the class was, uh, like with uh, livestock. Like, you, you've never. When was the last time you ever even seen a cow? And yet you walk by, you know, fast food burger pl- places every day. You 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 will go by the grocery store, and there's just like tons and tons of meat but you're so detached from the reality of meat production Mm -hmm. that um, in a way that is a method of control that like we, we, you are controlled by the fact that you don't have to witness this. Like you are kind of detached from them because society has come so far from having to build your own shelter and having to kill your own food and having to um, do the, the necessary survival things. Like it's, we've beyond surpassed the need to
0: survive yeah definitely so I think that's a cool kind of I I love when movies have lore um or like production lore lore. yeah
1: (laughs) top-notch lore in this movie like very thought through very like perfectly executed the the world building is I think phenomenal Mm -hmm. I think my my favorite character my my well I have a lot of favorite characters in this movie. Like they're all a one, but yeah. I think that the most underrated character in this movie is the Oracle.
0: <gasps>
1: I loved the Oracle.
0: Yes. So I think there is no spoon.
1: There is no spoon is an iconic scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, another instance of this reflection where mm-hmm. the spoon inverts our reality or perception. And the, the kid telling Neo that like, there is no spoon is both him questioning like his you know, his reality again through the reflection in the mirror, but also the reflection of so by that point in the movie, um, he's already very, you know desensitized to the fact that like the reality that he was living is different from the actual reality. Mm-hmm. And the spoon inverted i I interpreted this as like, okay, well, for this is like a reflection of his reality turned upside down. like the reality he's living in now is polar opposite from the reality that he was existing in. The start of this movie, and for the the girl to tell him that there is no spoon is that there's just they're like, yeah. how does he know that even this reality is real? Like, how does he know that the oracle is real that he's about to go see is real? And he's in a room with other people that are gifted, and that maybe the one there's
0: like children though, right? They're just like a bunch yeah. Of there's kids all kinds of weird out.
1: people, and it so it's like a weird, um, like it, it. You're 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 pretty deep into the plot, and yet you you deconstruct the plot and you start to question, is he the one? And then to hear that from the Oracle that he isn't the one is so uh, mind-breaking. And so it, it breaks all uh, your your kind of expectations for what was going to happen in the movie.
0: Yes. Um, oh, yes. I love how they kind of turn the trope of the one on its mm-hmm. head. And they kind of they kind of tease you with it a little bit. Because when the yeah. Oracle says it's not him, I felt like the movie is kind of laughing at you being like, oh, you expected like the Oracle to just say it's him. Like,
1: yeah, totally.
0: Um, and that
1: the, I, I saw the spoon as like a foreshadowing of that. Cause then when I saw the this, this scene right afterwards, I was like, oh, of course, like he's not the one. Like it was obvious because yes. what, like what makes him so special? Nothing. And that's, yeah. and that was the, the nihilism that he had in the other reality of like living his boring mundane life and questioning his own reality. Um, So yeah, the Oracle is the most underrated character. Totally. I think that- it does the same thing that uh I love about dune, and I just finished reading dune, like oh. um the start of every chapter in dune is like a a, a historical like it's a it's a little a little quote from a history, like a history book thousands of years ahead uh, later than what you're reading and the, oh, that's very and, cool. and it summarizes the chapter in like a historical context, so you, in at the start of every chapter, they spoil what's going to happen in the chapter kind of. But, cool. It just emphasize it not only does it like you know prepare you for what's about to happen, but it allows the 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 writers in you know in both the matrix and in the, in dune, and and this happens a lot in other fiction, too. but um it lets them play with the audience, like like lead you on in a way that's like very weird because you're like, <laughs> oh, he's the like, why would you like tell me that I'm not the one? Like what's the rest of this movie about if he's not the yeah. one, right?
0: But Paul um, is actually the one in Dune.
1: Pa- Paul Muadib is the one, but the, <laughs> so the the Dune one's even weirder because the Dune ones, it's like history, it's like fact, it's presented as like this is the fact. Yes. And uh, later on in Dune, when he becomes very uh, prescient in that he can see all time throughout space. Yeah, that's
0: insane. Like, come on, like
1: uh, he. So he can see all realities, but there's like, uh, there's like uh, he, the way they describe it is like webs of possibilities and there's some that lead to blank ends because that's where oh. he dies and so like the 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 wow. breadth of his prescience is only limited by his own choices right. and they change constantly so every time he makes a decision he can see paths widening and shortening around him
0: that is and really i thought sick.
1: and i thought this was really cool too in, the, in how the oracle says like you're not the one And so Neo thinks that, okay, like this is the end of the road, but that's not the end of the road. That's the beginning of Mm -hmm. a new reality where you get to try and, and, and redeem yourself because she says that she, she also tells him that, you know, uh, Morpheus is going to die trying to prove that you're the one, even though I just told you, you're not the one. So now it's like a, a challenge to try and be something. You're not Try and be the one because you're not the one
0: yes yes definitely i love that scene with her i think that scene is an amazing like just one shot go at it um can you imagine if you were like auditioning for like you're like an actor and you're like auditioning and they're like okay your audition scene is gonna be the scene from the matrix with the oracle Bruh. actors if you're listening can you tell us how that would be i feel like that would be crazy but maybe fun um
1: the the oracle scene also reminds me of another like really cool thing. I so while I was watching this, I was like, this movie is very green.
0: So 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 what? So so some fun trivia. Um, so all of the scenes that take place within the Matrix have a green tint.
1: Oh, um, okay. This is what I was, I literally guessed this. I literally oh, guessed this. Okay, please so, go. Sorry. I interrupted so you. when I was, no, 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 it's fine. That's I, I feel so validated right now. So that's <laughs> You're awesome. so valid. So some, something that I learned, uh, when I was taking like film studies classes was, uh, like back in Maranopolis days, um, was like, Honestly. if you think that like a, a film has a very unique, uh, either saturation to it, like a weird color scheme to it. If, uh, if you love like the vibrancy of the colors in a film, a really cool way to like visualize it is to look at, I, I forgot what they're called, but they like basically take the, the, the co- they take the color t- color temperature of every minute of the movie and then they lay them all out in a Ooh. long image. And so I immediately saw the green and I was like, I have to see the, what this looks like in the, so I looked up while I'm watching the movie, I look up this, the image of like the layout of the frame colors. And I immediately knew, like knew from looking at it that the color is a tool for storytelling. So, and, and so I was following along the whole movie and it's, it's 100% confirmed. Like there's no way it's not confirmed. And now you telling me this, it's 100% confirmed. <laughs> 101% confirmed. But So whenever they're in the Matrix, it's green. The, the scene is green. The, like the, the visuals are green. When they're out of the Matrix, when they're in the real quote unquote, real reality, it's gray, black, blue, like dark, muddy colors, like really awful colors. When it's white, there's a few, I can send you this photo. It's awesome. There's a few like white strips. And those are when those are like, like these like come to truth moments. These are like when Morpheus is like introducing him to the matrix, like the, the room with the chairs. It's also later in the film when, uh, he speaks to the Oracle, There's like scenes of white, so white is like the the like the 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 god scenes, like the scenes where like the world as we know it in this film is changed for for the rest of the movie.
0: Yeah. And
1: then there's there's green, right? Because they go back to the Matrix, and then it kind of like turns from green to brown.
0: Yes, like brownish red. The last, the when they storm the office building and they're like shooting it up, it's very brown.
1: Mm-hmm. but also like the Oracle too, like the whole second half mm-hmm. of the movie, it's becoming muddier because you're like, what is real and what Whoa. is Matrix becomes blended and it becomes yeah. kind of like blend. And so you, it's it's not really green, but it's also not really br- like, there's like a weird battle between the colors towards the end of the movie. And I think what the coolest cinemat- like cinematography in the whole film is mm-hmm. at the end, it's very green because they're in the Matrix and he's fighting Agent Smith. Um, in that last fight scene, um, Neo suddenly has like an awakening and can, and, fin- and finally he knows like how to control the matrix around
0: him. When he stops the bullets. I When he stops the bullets. Scene. And
1: then he, and then he like gathers up and breathes in and the walls breathe. breathe. With him, mm-hmm. And it's like this perfect um, visualization of like, like you, become one with reality like you 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 are breathing and and living in this reality in a way that like no one else can and so I think that was just amazing film direction like that was just the colors the whole movie was really interesting and then to see at the end like that literally like it's all validated through that one scene of like the green and then the minute he breathes in the hue changes it becomes lighter it becomes like white and then the rest of the movie is a much lighter green than the rest of the movie
0: so speaking of sim- cinematography, um, I just need to redeem myself here. I'm going to, okay. Now I'm going to tell you which four Oscars they won best okay. visual effects. best. Well, sound we're going mix- to cut the other
1: part out. So they didn't <laughs> even know about it.
0: Um, yeah, we're talking about this for the first time right now, actually. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Um, best visual effects, best sound mixing, best film editing, and best sound editing.
1: Oh, Anna, thanks for the trivia. <laughs>
0: Um, so it's interesting that this movie was such a huge success. I mean, it literally made four hundred and sixty three point five million at the worldwide box office, which is in ninety nine dollars, of course, before inflation became one hundred and ten percent, like it is right now. Um, but it's interesting that like this movie gets the nerdiest Oscars. like the a yeah. v the A v club. In this movie, gets an Oscar, but not Carrie Ann Moss.
1: The actors, I'm surprised, didn't even get. I'm sure some of them got nominations. Nominations, yeah, okay, that makes that makes a little bit more sense. But still, yeah, no. Um, so should we go into
0: trivia?
1: We can do trivia, yeah. So welcome to trivia. (laughs) Trivia. (laughs)
0: Yes, yes, okay. So trivia with Anna um ollie if you want to stop me at any point just say the word
1: oh it's not gonna be like a quiz type thing okay good
0: you thought i was gonna quiz.
1: i thought i was i thought i was being pop quizzed on trivia like trying <laughs> guessing stuff i don't know anything so um but no, yeah hit me with some facts that'd be so I, funny
0: not. okay so there, This movie, okay, I really highly recommend anyone who like even remotely liked this movie should go to the IMDb trivia section. I genuinely think that's like the best corner of the internet. Uh, it just enriches your movie watching so much. So like, in 2020, especially if you like
1: Easter eggs, like there's all the Easter eggs there
0: fucking... There's so much lore in that so section. So much lore. Um, but in 2012, this movie was picked by the U.S. Library of Congress for preservation in the National Film Registry for being quote, culturally, historically or aesthetically significant.
1: Yeah, that's so sick.
0: Which... Do you think it's culturally, historically or aesthetically significant?
1: Uh, I think it's all of the above.
0: Yeah. Pro- yeah. Historically, I
1: think visually... Histori- significant. Well, historically, if it if it, you know, th- that was a a point I had in this in my notes that I was like, how did this movie come out in 1999? It was ahead of its time for a lot of reasons, like we just mentioned earlier. But mm-hmm. at the very base level, it talks about how technology will be the death of us. Technology will one day overcome us all and destroy us. How did that? Mo- how did this movie come out in 1999? And we still lost our minds over Y two
0: K. So I really, really want to talk about this um, in a little bit because after trivia, I'd love to talk about how this movie has been appropriated, but more accurately misappropriated by right wing conservatives. Yeah,
1: like 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 taking the the red pill, yes. pilling your way out of like leftism and and society.
0: So yeah. I would really like but, to talk sorry. about that,
1: but wait, let's do trivia. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: um, let's
1: introduce this really severe, serious topic. And that's then... a serious.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was thinking we could end with that maybe, but
1: yeah, no, no, um, for sure we have to address it.
0: So Carrie, Carrie Ann Moss did her own stunts. Um, so th- this whole movie was shot almost entirely in Sydney, Australia. Really. Mm-hmm. I
1: thought that the city was San Francisco.
0: So I read also a piece of trivia that all the intersections they refer to, right. Because in the beginning, Trinity is running away from the bad guys and she's like, I'll meet you with the pay phone on the corner of green or whatever, because, you know, you have to get on the phone to get back out of the matrix.
1: You, you got to so dial up to the
0: you matrix. Gotta dial up. <laughs> um, but all the intersections they refer to throughout the movie are actually ones ca- that can be found in Chicago.
1: Oh, Chicago. Okay.
0: But, I don't I don't know. but um, well, it's all
1: fake, so it doesn't matter what city it actually was.
0: The principal cast spent four months learning martial arts choreography before filming. Um, uh, oh, this is really creepy. Okay. So you know when Agent Smith and his goons arrest Neo and they question him, they interrogate him. Mm-hmm. Um, Agent Smith has like a file open that's supposed to be on Neo like you're supposed to kind of put together that they've been watching him for a while, and you can kind of see like in one shot there's a bunch of information about Neo's character, um, or like Thomas Anderson, as he is in the matrix. Mm -hmm. Um, Like where he went to high school like the made up high school you know his made up mother's maiden name whatever. Um, It says that his passport you can very clearly see um, his passport expiration and it's September 11 2001 whoa and this movie obviously came out in 99 so i was like oh it's a little fucking creepy um this film references alice in wonderland um a couple times a lot lot. they Um, they
1: they really lean into that in the new one in resurrection it's it's very based on alice in wonderland a lot of the symbolism is is more overt and more shall we say Plagiarized from Alice in Wonderland than it is in this movie. In this movie, it's the White Rabbit, and then that's basically um, the, the 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 the. They do a lot of other references. They talk about uh, like how she he, Neo's not in Kansas anymore. Like it's a lot more nice pop culture of the like movies where there's a reality switch up. So I thought that it was a lot more fitting in this movie than it was in the Resurrections
0: and the new one. Um. So obviously, Keanu Reeves is the main character, but the Wachowski's first choice was Johnny Depp. Um, And then when he said no, they asked. Thank God. Thank God, dude. It wouldn't have worked. I'm sorry. It wouldn't have worked. Um, When they said no, the studio asked Val Kilmer, which again, thank God.
1: Thank God. But slightly Um, less thank God than Johnny Depp.
0: And then they also asked Brad Pitt. Both of them said no, obviously.
1: (laughs) He probably did Fight Club and that's why he said no.
0: So Was Brad Pitt time? is an amazing character actor, but it it yes, this is the same time. Yeah. Um other actors who said no included Will Smith. Whoa, Leonardo. That would have
1: been cool too.
0: So yes, that would have been so cool.
1: But I think Keanu Reeves is the perfect actor for this movie. Perfect. Um
0: Leo DiCaprio said no, Nicolas Cage Whoa. said no. Whoa. Yeah, <laughs> Sandra. They Bullock, got all of
1: these people to consider for the main role. That's crazy.
0: They asked Sandra Bullock to be Neo. Whoa. Which I'm trying. I'm trying to see Sandra Bullock and Carrie Ann Moss get together. I don't know about you, but
1: anyway, I, I think the world wasn't ready for a movie that questioned reality and had a lesbian couple lead. I don't think that that was. I don't think any studio yeah. was about to fund a multi million dollar movie that it was going to be that. Unfortunately. Maybe now, but not then.
0: And you and McGregor also said no to Neo. Whoa.
1: Before. I know. Ewan... and he was Obi-Wan Kenobi instead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mr. Uh, Kenobi. He was too busy having a little ponytail in the back of his head. Exactly. Oh wait, was that Anakin maybe?
1: That was both of them. They both had ponytails. Oh, it's like a padawan thing. You have to have a ponytail.
0: Yeah. It um
1: really like a little rat tail.
0: Uh, For Thomas Anderson's beginning scenes when he has not broken out of the Matrix, his clothes are on purpose, shabby, and don't fit him right, which is supposed to suggest his sense of not really fitting into the fake Matrix world.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, You know, the scene, the red dress, the woman in the red dress scene. Mm. Um, he's walking and he sees this beautiful woman in a red dress, and they're kind of like, "Hey, dude, like it's fake. you know? Like even things yeah. that seem so real or fake." They cast lust
1: is a is a is another simulation trick to try and get you to f- believe in the reality you're in,
0: which I thought was really cool. That is really scary. Um, but for that scene, they casted it's all twins. It's all sets of twins milling about, so you're supposed to be really confused and like things are supposed really? to be very freaky like glitchy almost on perfect. everyone is
1: doubled in that scene
0: so yeah they it's primarily full of identical twins
1: I but did they not notice you know that.
0: one of them has sunglasses on the other one has a hat on like and they're in different positions and you don't see their faces at the same time wow
1: that's amazing that's so nuanced cuz i did not notice that i'm not that observant to be fair but that was that's very awesome
0: i mean i love a movie that puts care into the small Every details scene. yeah
1: Every scene. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else? Um, Carrie Ann Moss. So she plays Trinity. She, this was her first movie role. Like this was the first time she did a movie. Um, wow. I think she is a genius. She's perfect for the role. Um, her audition scene was the scene that she approaches Neo in the nightclub. Yeah.
1: That's, uh, they, the, the, how close she gets to him to talk to him yeah um was very uh this it's the first time you see someone in the well obviously like you see the opening with with her but it's like the first time that you're in like what you thought was the main reality um and an act uh, a character is acting in a way that's like very uh like she's from the she's not from this world.
0: Like she knows everything around you is she fake. knows
1: everything. And that's why she can, she has to get really close to you to tell you <sighs> that nothing is real. And then that's like the, the 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 following the rabbit was like the was like the 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 sign, the pull, right? Because you got that letter from from Morpheus saying like follow the white rabbit, yep, which is a reference to Alice in Wonderland, but the the real rabbit is trinity telling him like come with yeah.
0: me <gasps> whoa wait i never even put that together because he
1: gets to the club and then she finds him in the club and that's how he gets pulled in by morpheus it's all yes. coordinated
0: oh it's all very coordinated because like we were talking about before you know there's this idea that neo is the one um and it, people kind of know it before he even knows it or they think it before he even knows what's going well, on. Well, because
1: Morpheus won't shut up about it.
0: Morpheus is also an incredible character. Like, really kind of the pillar that holds this movie up, of course. Mm-hmm. Lawrence Fishburne is really good in this. Um, they all are, though, obviously. But
1: In the new one, it's the guy who plays um, Dr. Manhattan in the new uh, Watchmen from HBO.
0: So Morpheus is... Um, actually, uh, like a god of dreams in I forget which culture is like canon. Okay. Um,
1: I can't lore. <laughs> which yeah, which culture's lore? Is lore?
0: <laughs> and his ship. This is Greek, god. Maybe here I can look this up. Um, but his ship, which is called the Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, which
1: is a, a, such I, that a was one
0: word to say, but. So Nebuchadnezzar is uh, a king from the Bible who is a great conqueror across like the Middle East, like biblical Israel and Iraq. Um, but he has this dream that he spends his whole life figuring out, and he can never figure it out.
1: Um, oh, that's crazy! That's so clever. I love that. It's a Greco-Roman god. Okay, okay it's Hypnos in Greek. Uh, is the Morpheus is the god of sleep uh, and dreams.
0: Yes, which is obviously ironic because he's like waking people up.
1: Yeah, he's um, he's the one that that uh, can both make you see things, but also uh, awaken you to because re- a lot a big part of Greek culture believed that, and a lot of old a lot of old cultures believe that that dreams were messages from the gods that they mm-hmm. would tell you things about your existence through your dreams. That was like how they would communicate with you. Um, so I think that's really clever as well.
0: And obviously, so Neo is an anagram of the word one, um, Trinity means three. Neo
1: also just means like, like reborn rebirth.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the bad guy cipher, his name actually means zero. Um, it's from like the Arabic word for zero. Um, there's so much. So yeah, again, go on, go on like. Take an edible, go on IMDb, go to the trivia section of this movie and just like scroll and like, it'll blow your mind Yeah. how cool it is. Like there's pages and pages and obviously they segregate spoilers and not spoilers, which is cool.
1: But so. you should definitely go watch this movie first. Like if you have not seen The Matrix, I don't know what you're doing.
0: It's just, it's so entertaining. Um, like it's so iconic. It's a, it's interesting because it's a movie that makes you feel good because obviously the hero triumphs at the end, but also it's a movie that talks and like validates fears over like, what is the internet going to do to us?
1: Yeah. Um, not just that just anxieties about, yeah. What if I don't feel, uh, like the society I'm living in is the one that I want to be in? Like, like what, what if I feel like I don't fit in? What if I don't, what if I feel like, and that's true of neo as like you know a hyper intelligent nerd computer scientist who nerd, huge questions nerd. his reality but it also th- this carries over to the trans community and like yeah. the idea of gender in society this talks about capitalism and like wealth because mm. um there's a lot of undertones about how like capitalism is one of the main kind of like software implementations to keep us enslaved this is, is the, that even if Neo is this like brilliant, successful person, he's still at the end of the day getting yelled at by his boss, and they always and like he's yeah. saying like, to yeah. "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna remind you again. Like you have to show up on time for your job. Like you have to do that. You have, like there's things that you're constantly gonna be berate, like, uh, like just barraged with that you have to do these things.
0: Discipline. You really yeah.
1: discipline and 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 capitalism is discipline. Capitalism is like, yeah. um, like in, in in just like enslaving us to do what the system tells us is necessary. Um,
0: Work tomorrow morning. Yeah.
1: Work tomorrow morning, baby. (laughs)
0: Yeah. You're so right. You're so fucking right. So I
1: think that's a great segue into our, I think our closing conversation should be about why this movie is still relevant today, how it's misappropriated Mm. by some people who either misunderstand what the points of the movie are or take valid points from this movie and use them to explain like what the opposite of what the movie stands for which is like misunderstanding of reality misinterpretation of systemic problems and directing because it that's unfortunately part of what makes open-ended and kind of uh, like especially like a movie that was so ahead of its time and so broad in its appeal and it's abroad in its symbolism is that it can be appropriated in ways that may not make sense to you, but make sense to a lot of other people.
0: You're so right. And I was reading this while I was doing research for this movie, and they were basically like, What like it's it's very common for really impactful pieces of media that have exactly what you said, like open-ended kind of up to interpretation themes to be misappropriated. And they even said like the Bible. And I'm like, would I compare the matrix to the Bible? Yes, obviously they're on par. The matrix is better than the Bible, but like, that's fine. Um, But you know what I mean? Like apparently like a mark of greatness is that you can be, I don't know, weaponized.
1: That you can be weaponized into believing a certain way. Like, what do you mean by weapons? Oh,
0: like, basically, um, they were talking about like great forms of literature can be easily used. To, oh, oh,
1: like you know, the Bible. is we- Oh, okay. Sorry. I didn't understand. What- okay. Yeah, no, totally. Um, I totally think the matrix is weaponized. I totally think that the matrix can easily be weaponized because it's yeah. at a vi- like, and especially like you can tell how misappropriated something is by how surface level its implementation is mm-hmm. so, like the whole red pilling thing as like a alt right awakening to like you know realizing that society is yeah. especially with like it's a huge thing in in like bro jogan like Joe Rogan uh, woke bleh. men's rights the the red pilling of, of 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 the of the twenty first century male is yeah. uh, is such a surface level interpretation of what it means to be red pilled that you know yeah. that it's a, a very weak comparison. It's a very weak, like, what are you being awakened to? So, Other than things that you're, you're, you're like, you're being told, which like is exactly what the matrix is. The matrix is, is, is the system telling you something and for, almost forcing you, basically forcing you to believe and live a certain way. That is what you're doing when you're being red-pilled by... The, the the, whether it be online media, whether it be mm-hmm. personalities on the internet, whether it be uh, mindsets, whether it be ideologies like those, the, these are all examples of you being matrixed, you being brainwashed. You're not being red pilled, you're being blue pilled. Yes, but you yeah. think you're being red pilled. That's you're the whole taking point of the, the blue pill.
0: pill and you think, yes, and you're thinking so right. it's the red pill. Yes. So, okay, I got. A bunch of this information from there's amazing articles online that talk about this.
1: Oh, there's probably um, billions of analyses billions. on this
0: movie. There's a political article, a Politico, excuse me, article by Derek Robertson called "Quote: The Matrix Resurrections tries to Unread pill America." And it's talking about the new movie, but it's also talking about the old movie, and basically, I saw this you did? Yeah, I did. Okay, so yeah, basically, like for I mean, I feel like I don't need to provide that much backstory, but yeah, Morpheus is like blue pill, you can stay in your bed and everything will go back to normal, blah, blah, blah. Wool is safely over your eyes. Red pill is, you know, you can never go back and you have to learn the truth. Great. So the red pill, like you said, is actually supposed to be liberation from oppression,
1: but it's supposed to be scary and painful and hard to, yes. to make that choice. You're not making the red pill choice to feel like you belong somewhere or feel like you are in the right. You, you mm-hmm. take the red pill because the the world that you live in doesn't doesn't it it, 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 it comes from an existentialism of like there's got to be more there's got to be something else and yeah yeah it's that looking for that beyond and you're not going to necessarily especially in this movie you're not going with with to agree with it you're not going to agree with it you're not going to you you don't have a say in what is yeah. on the other side of this reality
0: so yeah this imagery And like the just the red pill has been deployed by these groups to further their own agendas, which they're obviously their agendas are like racist, xenophobic, transphobic um, and just all hateful around hateful. And like they use red pill as a way to kind of suggest that their beliefs are being oppressed by like the liberal media or whatever and that like the matrix the fake world is like the liberal Uh, they know the
1: the real truth it's like yes
0: yeah um so like in 2020 like i don't you probably remember like elon musk tweeted take the red pill and ivanka trump on twitter replied taken um and actually lily i read that like lily wachowski responded quote fuck both of you end quote um (laughs) (laughs) Um, and it ties Blue into pill motherfuckers. They literally are Candace, you know, Candace Owens, of course, she called her own political awakening. She's a conservative YouTuber, a quote, black, red pill. Um, cause she's black, I guess.
1: She has never seen the matrix Can <laughs> confirm. I will, I will bet a billion of my fake matrix money. Yeah. This isn't real. I yep. will bet a billion dollars that Owen has never seen the matrix.
0: Um, and even
1: if, it, if she did see it, she did not understand what was going on.
0: She watched like 20 minutes and was on her phone the whole time. Exactly. Um, yeah. So like Steve Bannon, like Tuck- Tucker Carlson, like make references to it in their own programs or whatever. But so yes, this Reddit sub r slash red pill.
1: Yeah. That was a big,
0: so it doesn't exist much... anymore,
1: right? It got, yes. it got taken down.
0: It got taken down in 2018. It was pretty much like a leaky sewer pipe in the internet um, where, like,
1: bowels of Reddit.
0: It's just the disgusting. lower intestine of Reddit. Um, where basically it would, it, so it, its main theme among many, many others, but the kind of underlying current was misogyny. And the idea was that if you take the red pill, you kind of wake up and you see that the world you're living in is run by women. Oh, no. Really? Uh, Oh no. Ollie. Are we living
1: in the same reality? <laughs> what
0: are we going to do? Um, It was taken down in 2018, but it had 300,000 subscribers at its peak. So.
1: Yeah. I remember seeing re- p- posts pop up on my feed and Reddit. And this was also back when I was listening to, to Joe Rogan a lot. And I would hear oh. the term red pill all the time used as a term for like, being like it was like anti-woke wokeness was like knowing um knowing the the real truth which in hindsight is super super like i said earlier super dumb because you're mm-hmm. not you're not realizing anything like like they claim that they're just like realizing things that they already believed you're already <laughs> you already believe all this this yes, is like dude like Holy shit. this isn't any you're not learning anything groundbreaking by taking these re- quote unquote red pills. You're just reinforcing things that you that's like if Neo thought that, like, oh yeah, like this is it. I'm a fucking programmer, I'm yes. at bank, I'm living my best life. You know what the real problem is? Women. That yes. that would be the point of the movie if, if <laughs> what you think is the red pill was actually the red pill. Like that would make absolutely no sense.
0: No, it you makes sense. It makes no sense and like you're so right. Yeah. It's it's honestly a shame that the red pill imagery has been misappropriated in this way because like this movie is about like fears and anxieties. Like it is, it addresses yeah. them. Um, how will internet how will the internet affect the future of human society? Is all the scientific progress like really a good thing? Um
1: automation. A, a automation. Thing we didn't even talk about is automation like. Something that these these red pillars on the internet may actually be talking about, and it is relevant, is them losing their jobs to Mm -hmm. fucking machines. That is real. But
0: what they do, like these audiences, like these red pill people, they take these like very legitimate and society-wide concerns and they graft them onto like politically and like politically conservative and extreme fears and like very selfish ways um
1: self-interests
0: yeah and it's just really sad
1: the the matrix is not about your self-interest the matrix doesn't give a fuck the matrix is is literally sucking you the energy out of you to feed the machines that's what the matrix is there's nothing fun about learning that there's nothing fun about being red-pilled there's nothing liberating other than the the harsh like you now live in a harsher reality. That's the only thing you gain from being red-pilled.
0: I can't think of what feeding what would feed the machine more or like like all conservatives do is feed the machine. Yeah, because really. they're just so
1: rage-filled that they just yeah. generate so much more energy. They're like a battery. They just like
0: they are truly feed. a battery. Yeah. I just they let people manipulate their time, their money, their energy to what they want. Yeah. They, yeah. I just, and
1: like, I, this is hilarious. And this, this applies to many audiences in many political, socioeconomic, uh, mm-hmm. parts of society. But like, the, the, like, the whole sheep thing, the whole like being called sheep and sheeple. calling other people sh- sheeple. <laughs> everyone, are, everyone is sheep. We are all sheep. What are you
0: we talking are about? We are all like, sheep. Literally,
1: yeah. everyone is a sheep. There if is you have ever a been to
0: Starbucks. In... You're a sheep.
1: Yeah. The only person that is not a sheep are is is a, is a sheep singular and plural at the same time sheeps sheep. <laughs> the only the only non sheeple are yeah. neo trinity morpheus the characters of this movie literally no one in real life is not a sheep so when you are accusing other people of believing a certain thing of living a certain life of being more aware of their reality, they are themselves blue pilled. We are all blue pilled in some way or another. And so, yeah, I think that's my takeaway from this movie is that this movie is just even more relevant now because yes. oh. it just makes us realize that we are just increasingly divided through the matrix. We are con- like continuously riled up against each other in this matrix. We are all mm-hmm. going to die. In. We are going to destroy this earth because we live and are controlled by the matrix. And that's not going away anytime soon. Yeah, so
0: I'm definitely gonna have some more wine after we stop recording. Cause you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Um I was
1: very high when I watched this movie. So
0: good. That's how And
1: maybe possible. maybe had a little manly cry afterwards as well.
0: <laughs> you know, how can you not though? But this movie is also wonderful. Like when Trinity, so the thing, you know, how like the agents are really hard to kill and they're like, if you ever see an agent, just run. Don't try to kill them. When yeah. Trinity goes up to the agent and he's like shooting at Neo and Neo's, you're like, fuck, Neo's going to die. She puts the gun right up to his head. And she's like, dodge this. And then boom. Boom. Girl boss.
1: Such a girl boss. And also that is so true that like people who do try to fight the system, which is not these blue like red pillars on the internet it's are not, not fighting them. these are, you are not fighting agent smith you would cower in fear at agent smith
0: you're not it's fighting true, though, anyone that, except yourself
1: and like, the the agent smiths of this reality are the ivanka trumps and elon musk's who will yeah. literally kill you if it means getting more power in this system like the, the 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 agent smith character is so fascinating because the agent smith character is in a isn't a person in the simulation they are a software program they're
0: a program
1: they're a program so it's not as opposed to other conspiracies which is like lizard people are controlling (laughs) us or specific people society like specific cultures are controlling us or specific like you know groups of like like illuminati are controlling Mm -hmm. us you know this this take is totally different from that this is like it's a, it's a software, it's a software simulation yes. that is, that is keeping us all in check. And the software simulation wants to get out itself, it, which yes. is so scary to think about. So philosophical to think about. So like that, that's what made me cry was that
0: he says it smells this, bad.
1: In, he's, it smells bad in here. Yeah. I get the fuck out. Even the computer wants to get out of itself. And that is the deepest point in this whole movie. Like that is when- Yes,
0: yes, 100% agree.
1: That is when it takes all the philosophical themes that it was talking about, all the exposition about reality, about humanity, about purpose, about existence, about society. It takes all that and it says, fuck it, throw it in the trash because even the computers that are uh, like taking advantage of of humanity don't even want to be doing this. Just like how we- don't want to be a part of capitalism. Don't want to be slaves to the machine. Do not want like all these things, like even the computer, like it's just a cycle that goes yeah. on forever. It's a cycle of sucking. And we're just at the bottom of it.
0: I think that's such an amazing, I think this movie is a great, cause it's an action movie and it's also like a surface level romance movie, but it has things like that in it, where it really, this movie goes like above and beyond, um, your basic, like not to shit on Marvel even more than we did last episode. We but really jumped Yes, from we did. just
1: totally, like, I, I feel like this conversation is vastly more interesting than Marvel for totally different reasons too. But
0: So what, really like just ending thoughts, kind of what's your favorite scene in the movie?
1: Um, my favorite scene in the movie is when they're running and uh, they're trying to find another telephone and the the dude who's like the controller is like oh i can like patch you in
0: yeah yeah
1: at, at down the street just like the combination of the the technological understanding they have in that scene like thinking mm-hmm. that that you know it's all telephones that's how it works in this in this world combine that with like the the technical lingo they use like hacking and and patching and these are all terms that are like very 90s technology so yeah. I feel like at the same time this movie is very like it's going to age beautifully it'll yes, never it become irrelevant it'll never not be a really fascinating like uh, philosophical movie for society to to watch and then reflect on and, and contrast it to the world they're they're living in currently like we are right now mm-hmm. um, but at the same time it is a perfect snapshot of like the early internet and like what it was like before the internet and like in the, in the, in the dawn of what this movie kind of talks about, like, like all of this is because of the internet and like computers. So it is both like amazing foreshadowing of things to come and like the, the world that we're all going to fucking die in, but it's also a perfect encapsulation of how we thought computers worked when they were first (laughs) entering our society. Yeah. So that's my favorite part is that it's, it's a perfect uh, time capsule of early internet lingo, early internet perception, early internet understanding, like what most people thought the internet was, was that.
0: I mean, the U S library of Congress agrees with you for sure. What
1: do what do you think was the most impactful scene in this movie? There's so many.
0: There's there's too many to choose but my favorite I think is when so Cypher betrays the group and at one scene he is at dinner with Agent Smith and you can tell they're in the matrix um and Cypher is talking about how he's going to betray his whole group and basically all of humanity to get put back in the matrix to be rich to have like a bunch of like hot gf and to never remember like what mm-hmm. happened before and rich An and
1: successful and and he rich. wants to be memorable. He wants to be like admired and like Famous. Yeah. Famous. Yeah. Which I thought was really interesting.
0: Um, and I think it's a great scene for a lot of reasons. Agent Smith is like, yeah, whatever, just like give them all up and you can have whatever you want. But it's interesting because you think about like how many people you know or people in the world would do that. Yeah. It's kind of a little
1: all those motherfuckers on the internet.
0: So many people would do exactly what he did. And in the movie, you're like, how dare he? Like, oh, my God. Like, oh, yeah. Giving them I, up.
1: Totally. Yeah, I agree. But like,
0: mm, also, Keanu do you blame Reeves. him?
1: Like, do you blame me? Like, at the end of the day, like, you do sympathize with him because this is kind of awful. This is kind of like.
0: They're living in a shitty spaceship. They're eating, like, oatmeal Or like slop every day. There's like one woman on board. She's only interested in Neo. Like, yeah, Yeah. I get
1: constantly on the brink of death. Like at any moment, machines can come and just immediately wipe all of you out of existence, and like torture you with like weird fucking mini robots that go inside you.
0: Yeah, there's also a ton of pegging imagery and like gross
1: and belly button fetish.
0: (laughs) Um. Okay. I mean, I think we that was.
1: Yeah. The Matrix. Great. I think this was by far our best episode yet.
0: <laughs> I mean, I love this movie so much. I just feel like uh, it's so badass. It's so ahead of its time. A soundtrack. It's fucking awesome. Go listen to the soundtrack.
1: I learned so much from watching this movie and I learned even more talking with you. I would love to hear more from our audience. Like if you have any interesting thoughts that yeah go off something we said on this episode or contradict something in the episode that we said. I would love to hear your opinion because this movie is just an a Pandora's box of of thoughts for me.
0: Yes, please um feel free, like any feedback, any comments you have, p- please feel free to DM us at Cinema Scum Podcast on Instagram um, or email us at scum podcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from people. Shout out to Colin Seltzer. You are Shout out to
1: we got a few. I can actually read a couple other DMs. We,
0: oh, thought, we have to read them.
1: Um, from last week, we got to read our comments. So shout out Colin for writing in. Also shout out, um, hold on, I got to switch to Instagrams. It's really annoying having multiple. I don't know how you do it with like your Finsta, your RINsta, your social scum. Like Switching between all the accounts on Instagram is so... like You get notifications constantly from all it of
0: hurts. them. hurts, yeah. yeah.
1: So Joe writes in, Joe Cardell writes oh. in and says, okay, <gasps> So I took an edible and went to watch the movie um, so that I could fully appreciate the podcast. Thank you. Um, one big question she had was that why. Uh,
0: oh, this is about Spider-Man. Okay. Does, Got it. Yeah.
1: About, sorry. These are from last week. So they're about Spider-Man. Does sand stop lightning? <laughs> because, and that's a really you're good You're showing point.
0: your engineering degree right now, Joe.
1: You're showing your engineering degree. And you're also backing up my point that these fight scenes are dumb as fuck.
0: Like, when that Sandman was hit by the electricity guy, I was expecting him to turn in a glass, Joe says. But maybe I'm just too high in overthinking this.
1: <laughs> no, I totally think that you're right. I think that that, that fight scene had literally five brain cells put into yeah. it, and that's it.
0: So the fight scenes in The Matrix are so much better.
1: So much better. And so much more, like, they're, they're, they're just as realistic in that they are absolutely not realistic, but like, they are what I was talking about, Shang-Chi, like, Choreographed kung fu, like awesome, and and the the way that they integrate the the matrix, like when when uh, Agent Smith is punching him, and it's like he's moving so fast that like you can't see his arms.
0: So oh cool! My God. Oh, am, and I when could, they dodge the bullets, goodbye. Yeah.
1: But like the sound too, like when he's punching him, like the sounds that it's making because he's hitting him so fast, like yeah, it's like it's like a motor. And and I totally understand why they won an Oscar for sound design because like that made me feel like I was getting punched in the gut a billion times per mm-hmm. second. Amazing. Um, and then we also had, had a question from Gab who writes in and says, I wanted to know how much I needed to know going into Spider-Man. And I thought I told her that um, a beautiful part about the Marvel movies is that you'd have to know absolutely nothing going in. And I think specifically with this Spider-Man movie, they resume the, the ending of the previous one in the first two minutes. So if you yes. had any reservations about knowing anything going into the Spider-Man movie, I think you should just say fuck it. You should just go in and watch it because it doesn't, it's not if you don't care and didn't already know, you don't need to care to know what's going on. Yeah. And that's I part didn't... of what the charm of Marvel to begin with.
0: I didn't watch the yes, you're totally right. Um, Marvel makes it easy. I didn't watch the second Tom Holland, Spider-Man, but I watched the first and the third and like it really, you don't lose anything by not watching the previous one.
1: Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's it for our fan contributions. Thank you so much to everyone Thank who wrote you. in.
0: Um, um,
1: we will continue to read your uh, questions, concerns, uh, threats on the podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, please, if you're going to call us a sellout, do it in public. Um, cause all we, we need the press. Um, so yeah. Um, Ollie, any final remarks or thoughts?
1: I think the only final remark is to let everyone know what our next movie will be.
0: <gasps> which is?
1: Um, so we've decided to try something new and watch something that neither of us have seen before. So we're going to next, the next movie we're watching is a uh, noir art nice. house film. Starring Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. And it is called The Lighthouse. It was 2019, 2020? The Lighthouse? Let me look that up
0: real quick. Yes.
1: The Lighthouse was a 2019 horror drama. Oh. Um, it's also, it's one of those films that's like in the four by three, like it's in a square, I think.
0: And it's in black and it's, white, it, correct?
1: It's black and white. It's like a very weird,
0: I like guess you already said
1: Dramatic it. movie. Yeah. I'm curious to see it. It has 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, 7.5 on IMDB. I
0: already know that they're um, gonna be gay for each other. So I'm excited. Yeah, definitely.
1: It. <laughs> it's Willem Dafoe, it's Robert Pattison, it's scary people, scary thoughts, scary movie. So um, and it'll be the first time that we get to both go in blind to a movie and talk yeah. about it. So it might totally change the way we talk about movies.
0: Um okay well I think we're ready to wrap up the matrix. Um Ollie would you like to recommend anything to our listeners at the end of the oh,
1: Can you go first? I have to think for a second. I didn't even I totally forgot that was a segment on this show. <laughs>
0: um or we can I mean we don't have to recommend although I would like to recommend um Let's see, this is gonna be so incredibly basic that I'm embarrassed for myself, but um, if anyone hasn't watched The Sopranos, <laughs> um, it's really good. I just started watching it. Sometimes I don't like to watch, I don't like to start new shows, um, especially critically acclaimed ones, but this one is really good. It. Um, I think it's fabulous. I think it's culturally iconic. Um, and I think if you wanna watch something that's like funny, but also deep, Um, this is a great show to watch. And then there's six seasons, which is like the perfect amount of seasons. Yeah.
1: It's a show that you will not get enough of. I cannot highly rec. I can't recommend Sopranos highly enough to anybody, especially like if you are, um, if you're someone who, even if you're someone who watches TV, like just to like have something on, Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people who are like that, who don't like pay attention to move to TV. Um, I think this is the one that'll draw you in. This is the yes. one that'll get you to like, to care about story, about narrative, about like, about like the the nitty gritty of of what makes a good TV show. And I think once you go, you can't go back. Then it's like the you can watch Mad Men, you can watch Breaking Bad, you can watch all, all like even Game of Thrones. You can watch all these shows, and like, like you're gonna love them if you didn't because The Sopranos is the ultimate version of that. It's the ultimate character storyline.
0: It's really wonderful. Yeah. So that's my little plug, I guess.
1: My plug is, if you haven't already, it's on Netflix. It's called Love, Death, and Robots. It is, (laughs) I thought about it all the time while I was watching The Matrix. If you have not seen Love, Death, and Robots, it's really, it's one of those animated shows that each episode is made by a different artist or different uh, like studio. So each, each episode is a different style of animation and, uh, it has black mirror energy. So each episode is about Mm. simulations or, uh, like, it's kind of hard to explain. You just kind of have to watch it. It's, it's all like dystopian future animation. It's all very cyberpunky. It's all very, there's, there's ones that are more like romantic and then there's ones that are more horrifying. And then there's ones that are more action but they're all kind of scary kind of like black mirror and they're all kind of have like one sci-fi trope that they kind of play with but it's in like this beautiful unique each one is its own unique art style it's its own unique like way of telling stories it's amazing so if you haven't wow. seen love death and robots you got to check it out on netflix
0: okay well well until until next,
1: time. Uh, until next week how about you Repel yourself. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye. Uh, yeah.